Welcome to CSN The Network Podcast. This is your host, Kayvon Cutler, with my amazing co-host, Dre Nazario Malik Hampton. How are y'all doing this evening? Good, man. Happy Tuesday to everybody. Ready to pod. How is everybody? Y'all know me. Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. Aquarius season is on the horizon, so I'm feeling good. I'm going to be on a beach by this time tomorrow. So it's a great day. Great day to pod. Great day to be here. All of that, all of that. How you feeling, brother? Blessed and highly favored. Y'all know the vibes, man. I'm doing better now that I'm talking to you two. You know, I could be sad given the recent news that came with one of my sports teams, but, you know, I'm I'm in high spirits, Leak. I ain't going to lie to you, man. You, you know, we've had conversations off air about this time coming. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, it's definitely a weird place to be in. I'm not going to lie. It's unfamiliar for me. I haven't been haven't been in this position since I was in middle school, but we're about to address it here soon. But outside of that, man, just coming off a great all-star practice. Hey, I ain't going to lie to you. I was out there running with the kids today. I still got it. I still got it just a little bit when it comes to hoop. So I'm just glad to see, you know, I still got it a little bit. And, you know, I still can run with them and keep up with them. So I'm, I'm blessed, man, ready to pod. Let's get it. Word. So we'll just, you know, get in front of it, okay? Coach Saban just announced his retirement. Um, you know, it's been a, a rough year for you as an Alabama fan. So just kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you feel um, about that announcement and, you know, the future of Alabama. Yeah, so Football. I'm not going – I'm not going to lie to y'all, you know, uh, first and foremost, shout out to everyone that who reached out, uh, you know, that checked on me. I appreciate the love. You know, that that just goes to show, you know, a lot of people uh, know that I'm an Alabama fan and uh, I appreciate the concern. But genuinely, though, you know, I'm good money. Um, of course, you know, I was sad when I first got the news, um, you know, just being completely honest. My initial reaction was there's no way like hopefully God willing tomorrow I'll wake up and they'll say, uh, you know, it was a false report or, you know, maybe he was doing this to kind of have leverage to negotiate more money. Although he already signed an extension recently. Uh, I just didn't think he would retire coming off a loss um, and not coming off, you know, winning the national championship. So that was my first thought. Then when the next morning came and uh, you know, it wasn't reported that, he was, uh, you know, he misspoke or he had a change of heart. That's when it really sank in. And, um, you know, again, I was even more sad because I'm like, man, you know, between us three, well, you know, and all our listeners, I went to the Alabama game this past year and I stayed it on the pod. Like, that's no cap. When I checked into the hotel, bro walked right by me, Coach Saban. I just didn't stop him to take a picture. Now, I'll be honest, you know, I really divulged why I didn't do so. Um, and Malik knows this just from being privy to how Coach Saban acts in the media. You know, I seen how bro was acting in the media, and not to say he was standoffish, but I know he's really focused. You know, that's a man that really prioritizes his time. So I didn't think it'd be a good time. But what happened was I let bro go walk by me, 
and a lady and her kid took a picture with Coach Saban right after I let him walk by me. So that's that's why I have regrets about not saying anything. I mean, I, we was all staying in the same hotel, uh, Coach Saban, me, the players. Um, so I just thought I'd have another opportunity to run into him and meet him and tell him I'm from West Virginia, tell him, you know, we had a podcast. I just felt like I missed a great opportunity. So that was kind of like the main focus uh, when it really set in that, you know, he's retiring like Dag here. Hey, I thought I'd have ample opportunities to meet him. And the one opportunity I did when I went to the game this past year, I didn't take advantage. So, you know, to the listeners, to the kids out there, man, make sure, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, make sure you take advantage because you never know when you get a second chance uh, to do something in life. Right. Um, but on a more positive note, you know, of course, I was sad, but man, I respect and love Coach Saban so much for the standard he set at Alabama, really, um, you know, returning us to being a championship program. Um, like I said, the standard he set, uh, all the accomplishments, the accolades. He never had a losing season with us. Six national championships with us, um, 17 full years. I mean, it's, it, it was a blessing to witness that. But, you know, the new era is upon us. Uh, I stated that last Thursday, um, you know, when it was official that Kalen DeBoer, uh, Washington's former head coach that just went to the national championship, once it was announced that, you know, he had agreed to a deal to become Alabama's next head coach. You know, I was I was I was rolling. You know, I'm, I'm ready. Um, I wasn't necessarily privy to his resume, but come to find out, man, you know, he's had a lot of success at every stop along the way. Um, and I know Malik knows this. You know, he turned the Washington Huskies into a national championship contender in just two years of him being in uh, being in the program. So I'm looking forward to what he can do with us. I hate that. You know, Isaiah Bond and, uh, you know, the Black and some of our key players offensively have transferred out. Isaiah Bond, for those that don't know, that was our uh, leading receiver this past season. Um, our best receiver, in my opinion. And that's who caught the game winning touchdown pass against Auburn on fourth and 31. But uh, outside of that, though, I love that Caleb Downs is staying leaked. Um, you know, I love that Deontay Lawson is coming back. Um, so it, it just shows that our defensive leaders are really buying into, you know, what he stated in the team's meetings. Um, I know Caleb Downs is coming back because I follow that type of stuff. I'm reading that type of stuff. Uh, he's a, he's going to be a great safety in the league, so I just wanted to make sure Caleb Downs was coming back, and he was at the team meeting last night. So um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And we now have two FBS head coaches as defensive coordinators now at Alabama as we hired South Alabama's head coach, Kane Womack, and we hired, we hired uh, excuse me, Buffalo's head coach, Maurice Linguist. Uh, both of them are going to be our defensive coordinators. And we also hired uh, Washington's offensive coordinator uh, when Coach DeBoer was there. Um, his name is Ryan Grubb. So, like I said, I love, you know, the staff he's putting together. Um, you know, he's a great recruiter. I think he's a great offensive mind. I'm just looking forward to, you know, how he develops Jalen Milrow and, you know, how he just picks up the offense. I hate that for Tommy Reese. Um, I hope he still can serve a, a role, you know, with Alabama in some form. But if not, you know, I, I definitely wish you the best. But all in all, I'm excited. I'm happy. I hate that Coach Saban left abruptly. I thought I would have at least three more years with the minimum, at least. I uh, wasn't prepared. So, you know, I'm, I'm back, you know, as a – Regular college football fans now, Malik. Now I, you know, uh, it's 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 not just a given every week that we're gonna win every game now and dominate every season now. So uh, that's that's my take on it. You know, like I said, I love 
and respect Coach Saban so much. I'm not mad about the decision at all because, of course, you know, your health and, you know, your personal, um, excuse me, your mental health is at, at an all-time high. That got to be a priority. So roll tie for L, man. Shout out Coach Saban. And, uh, yeah, man, roll tie till I die. Word. Uh, my condolences, brother. <laughs> Hope you're able to get through. But this question is uh, for you, Leek. Uh, what's this mean for Alabama's dynasty? Is it over? Uh, yeah, the dynasty is definitely over. I think it's been over. Uh, since NIL came out and since, you know, Georgia – you know, merge the way that they have the past few years. Um, and I know Kirby had a losing record to save him head-to-head, uh, but one of his wins did come in the natty. He did go back-to-back. Uh, Could have been a three-peat, you know. Um, so I think it was, it was already a little over, but, you know, saving is a – Saban is a well-respected coach, you know, uh, especially in the SEC, you know, um, going down there and, you know, going through the ups and downs with LSU. Uh, I think that, you know, helped him cast his net in the South. Um, yeah, so it, it'll just be a little different, to be honest with you. Um, Saban is who Saban is, man. Um, he, he he ran recruiting for so many years. Uh he was the standard of building a uh, program. We've never seen nobody, you know, dominate like that. Besides, you'd have to go back to the to the early, early days of college football. So, yeah, the the, the dynasty is definitely over. Um, I'm anxious to see what uh, the bird does, though. Um, I I like him as far as you know, um, innovation and being able to coach an offense. Um, I will say though that you know. Uh, he brought in Phoenix, um, which I think helped his helped, you know, um turn that offense into what it is. But Washington's last coach, you know, Chris Peterson, a lot of those recruits that, you know, DeBurr was using, those was Chris Peterson recruits, to be honest with you. Um, so that's why I said it it's it's gonna be interesting to see. I know he's gonna be able to go down there and, you know, coach the talent that he has, but you know, acquiring talent. You know, at the clip that Saban did, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to to do that, um, to do that at a, you know at the level that he did it at. But um, I'm anxious to see how he gets out there. You know, coaches coaches the 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 more talented team because, like I said, his his coaching record is pretty impressive. You know, um, turning two programs into you know uh, respectable you know, contenders from Fresno State and, you know, Washington. So I think he can coach for sure. Uh, but recruiting is the lifeblood of, you know, college football. So we'll see what kind of staff he puts together um, as far as, you know, hitting the trail because you can coach as good as you want to, you know what I'm saying? But if you ain't turning over the recruits um, and with this NIL, the way it's, it's looking, you know, which is just pay for play now, It'll just be interesting to see, but yeah, the days of the days of complete dominance, the days of you know penciling in Alabama in the SEC championship at the beginning of the year, 
you know, all that, I think that's over with, you know. Um, it's definitely going to be more parity uh, with them. Uh, but they'll still get their recruits because Alabama's a big football school, so they're they're willing to invest in their program. So they'll be able to get some stuff. I just want to see, you know, you know how it works out in the long term for for Bruh and see what kind of recruiting he can do, you know, year in and year out. But yeah, the dynasty's over, Drew, for sure. And that's and that was my thing. You know, that's that's my biggest concern. Uh when I saw people transferring out was are we going to be able to recruit at the clip that we was? You know, that I mean that's an easy recruiting pitch. You can play for the greatest college football coach. I mean, that's just just Look at all the talent he produced. They went into the NFL. I mean, it's it's such an easy pitch. No class. I told y'all on here last week, no class that has came through Alabama has went four full years where they didn't win a national championship. Every recruiting class has got at least one. So, um, you know, those are easy recruiting pitches. So, you know, um, he's hired uh, some people to lead his recruiting staff that I, that I keep reading are great recruiters. So we got to see, man. Got to give him a chance. I hate that people are transferring out already. You know, of course, he gets saving support. Um, you know, he gets a lot of our key defensive starter support. So it would have been nice to, you know, for our guys to give him a chance. But I understand that it's a business. So, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody. But, but yeah, that was just my concern. I'll be honest. Are we going to be able to recruit, you know, uh, the necessary number of five stars that, we have been over in uh, in recent years, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. And I I will admit, you know, my my first two candidates that I wanted to get the job was Dan Lanning one and Lane Kiffin two. Uh, I knew Lane Kiffin would kind of be a stretch. He burnt a lot of bridges when he left the first time, um, so that would have been a splash hire. Both names would have been a splash hire. Uh, not saying this isn't, but this is somebody I would say whose name brand isn't bigger than the Alabama brand, if that makes sense to our listeners. So, uh, you know, you're bringing in a nice up-and-coming coach that has good records against, you know, uh, ranked opponents. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm in full support of Coach. And uh, like I said, man, roll tide. Let's, let's start this new era, man. I think Landing would have been a better pick than Kiffin. I'm not really sold on Kiffin as a – I mean, I mean, he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but as a program runner, I'm not all the way sold on him. Um, that's just my personal thing. I just don't think he takes the job as serious as one should, you know. Um, but I told Alabama people that I'm like, you don't want you don't want Lane Kiffin, man. Like, it's it's more so it's more so of about me than his program. I think so, you know. Um, but NIL is NIL is everything, man. Recruiting, you can you can have good recruiters these days and you know that'll take you a long way, but what's going two things that remain true. If you got a team that's gonna be contending for a national title, you know what I'm saying? Um that's always something, you know, to have a pitch or have a one up on somebody, you know, that that doesn't, you know, just getting them in the league, showing them showing them that on paper, showing them, you know, what you know, uh, your program is doing, you know, professionally for, for guys. Um, and, um, man, NIL, man, like these kids just pay for play now, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 
you can be the best recruiter in the world, but if you ain't got the bag talking behind it, man, these these kids ain't going to your program. Like you can you can bet that one hundred percent, you know. Uh so I think Ben will be all right in the short term. It's just all about the the long term five year plan that he got, you know. We'll see how if he makes it that long, you know, we'll see. See how that looks. Nah, I'm with you. I ain't gonna lie, I thought of Mal Malik was one of the first people I thought of. Like, dang, man, he been waiting on this. This is something he been waiting on, man. Why did this have to happen? Like, right now, why couldn't we get like two more years at least, man? I'm Bro's like, old though. Like these, all these coaches are old as hell. Nah, you right. You right. You nah, right. yeah, they are. They are <laughs> yeah, I was happy to see Saban go, man. He he kind of the reason why my Gators, you know, took a dive. So I'm happy to see him go. To be honest with you, but respect the hell out of. Him. Yeah. I'm Moving glad. on, um, we're gonna jump into uh, college basketball. Um, UNC moves back into the top five. Uh, they came in at number four this week. Um, is this the year that UNC returns to the Final Four? Man, listen to me. I just told Malik this before we got on. And I know my brother. I know him. You know what I'm saying? He don't really like to get his hopes up too much. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. You know, basketball could really, uh, you know, pull you emotionally. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a game of runs. Then you might lose to a team you're not supposed to lose to. So it could just throw you off emotionally. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that's that's not the case this year for our Tar Heels. Uh, Malik, we're second in the nation. We're four wins against ranked teams. Uh, we shouldn't have lost to Kentucky, but like we both discussed, you know, uh, the other week, that was just mainly due to mental blunders that happened uh, in like the last two minutes of the game. Um, I love how R.J. Davis is looking, y'all. He leads the ACC in scoring, averaging 21 points a game. I'm trying to tell y'all something. Listen to me. We now have the guards and the big men that complement each other just like we did when we won it all. Um, you know, I think we're deep. Uh, we got self Trimble coming off the bench. You know what I'm saying? That's JP Tokido's little brother. You understand? Like, that was somebody had RJ left. That's somebody that might have started this year. That probably should have started. You know, so respect to him. You know, not um, transferring because Cadeau, our uh, freshman that, you know, was a five-star from Jersey. He starts the point. You know what I mean? Um, he's a, a great playmaker, a uh, great penetrator. Uh, Paul's. Um, so I just love, you know, the balance of what we have as far as, uh, you know, the talent that we have on the roster now, man. I really think we're going to win the ACC. I can't wait till we play Duke, Malik. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to be extra active that week, extra loud, because we're going to smack them. I'm letting y'all know right now it's not a game. Like, I'm I'm, I'm superbly confident because I know we're going to win the ACC. Like, I watch all our games. We look good. We can score. We can defend. We got the depth. We got the guard play. We can shoot. It's 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 tough. Like Baycott, y'all got to think he went from being our main scorer last year to his usage rate being so high, to now he's still you know one of our top scorers, but we don't he's not used nearly as much as what he used to be. So think about how that helps him have more energy on the defensive end. How that helps him have more energy, you know, on offensive rebounds, which our Tar Heels have always always prided ourselves on being great, uh, being a great offensive rebounding team. So uh, I just I just love the opportunity that this roster has you know, to really, um, you know, make history and winning a natty. 
and uh, I'm excited. So yeah, I do think this is the year for us to to be in uh to be back in that final four for sure. I hope so. Um, you know, blowing a fifteen point halftime lead in the natty, you know, just left a bad taste in my mouth. And then for them to run it back and don't make the tournament, man, it was just very egregious. Uh, you know, I've I've told everybody, you know, my my first sports team ever was the Tar Heels, so that's technically my number one sports team. Um, so I just, you know, I, I watch them a little differently than other people because I'm so used to us, you know, winning and having good teams, you know. So uh, we've had a few rough years, you know, from the Roy transition. And even before Roy got up out of there, you know, Roy used to piss me off too. I used to talk about Roy all the time, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Kane knows better than me, so I'm following my brother on this because he's tuned in every time. He knows that, you know, that I feel a way about him. So uh, they only get my my attention, you know, football season coming to an end, so they'll definitely have it more anyway. But, you know, they really only get my attention when I know we got a good squad and the and, you know, just some of the things that came out last year with some of the best players, you know, fighting over women, you know what I'm saying, and messing up team chemistry and all that. It was just egregious last year, you know. So that's why I got the stance that I do have with my Tar Heels at this point, you know. Um, yeah, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis was beefing last year over a girl, bruh. Like, I, you know. It I was, always wonder, was that true? So that was true, Malik? Yeah, it was true, bruh. That's foul. That was foul, bruh. Yeah, you know, so we messing up, you know, tradition, you know, because we'll never make it to the natty and then go back and then lose, you know what I'm saying? But we ain't even get to go back, you know. Normally when we make a run like that and return the same team, we we always, even if we don't win it, which we normally do on them, on them cases, you know what I'm saying, we always make a run. So just, that just, it pissed me off, man. So that's why, like I said, I'm taking my stance. But I knew Baycott was a beast, you know. Um, I knew he would be able to carry us, you know, uh, uh, you know, through the regular season. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, we got some some perimeter play. I knew RJ was going to have a good year, but you know, um, I haven't seen I haven't seen out of RJ. Well, let me not say that. I didn't know if we had a running mate or you know uh, perimeter options to you know, give us consistent shooting uh, with RJ and RJ being consistent himself, you know what I'm saying, to uh, to have what type of team we need to make it back to the final four. So I'm happy to hear that, you know, we got some consistent shooting, some good guard play, some good perimeter play. So, because like, like Kay said, that's normally, you know, when we do, you know, make our good runs is when we have shooting to complement, you know, the inside, because that's all Tar Heel basketball is about, you know, controlling the paint you know, pushing the pace, you know, uh, controlling the boards, you know. So so I knew the paint play. I knew that's that's something that Dean Smith has instilled in all our coaches, you know what I'm saying? They all follow that same same blueprint, you know, that Coach Smith laid out, you know. So I know our paint presence and inside presence is always going to be a thing. But if we don't ever have the perimeter play to complement it, you know, it, it it never really works out from what I've known watching all these years. So. Just hearing that is good, man. Um, and if my brother say we can make a run, man, he he's right on it. You know, I'll, I'll have more, you know, analysis going forward. 
now that I know I can, you know, really focus on them again. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I knew we had a solid team. I just didn't know how all the pieces was coming because I knew some of the contributors were young and, you know, um, it's been rare for us to have good guard play from freshmen, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just being real, you know, I think the last one that I can remember for sure was probably like Kendall Marshall, you know, um, he surprised a lot of people his freshman year. And, you know, he got hurt, you know, um, we was, we was making a great run that year. So, uh, yeah, man, um, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, and I think the Tar Heels can make a run too, man. If Kay says they can, you know, he watches them closely. Yeah, man, I'm going to tell y'all a name to keep looking out for. Uh, you know, we got – yes, I know we got four people that average double digits, but I really feel like Harrison Ingram is that X factor for us, Lake. He's our stretch four. Um, he can defend. He's big. He got a great post presence, and he, he got a ratchet too. You would think he's the three, but he starts power four for us. Just to our listeners, just wait till y'all see who I'm talking about, man. The kid's a beast. I love his game. Um, and we all know how I feel about RJ. That's crazy, though, Leak. You know, I was hoping that rumor wasn't true. But, yeah, that that was foul. So, yeah, I, I could see where that would mess up the team chemistry for sure. So, uh, in reference to RJ and uh, Caleb Love. So, uh, yeah, Dag, I was hoping that wasn't true. That's crazy. But, yeah, man, look out for us in the final four. I'm telling y'all, March Madness, look out for the UNC Tar Heels. It's not – that's no bias talk. I genuinely feel like we're going to be a great team. So, Word to it. I watched I watched y'all's game uh over the weekend too. Y'all did look look pretty good. Um it's kind of closer than I would anticipate, but you guys stayed in control, control of the game and just kind of, you know, stretched that lead out. Um, but moving on to women's college basketball, uh LSU I was upset by Auburn this weekend. Um, and the question is, do we still consider them a title contender? Uh, with some of their early season woes. To me, I don't, which I think I stated last um, last episode or maybe two episodes ago, I think it's going to be South Carolina that comes out of the East and potentially Iowa, or I, I might have said, I, I think you said USCK, but I think I said Iowa out of that West just by how the regions kind of lay out, uh, line up. Um. I watched the game, uh, LSU. There's no like real like team chemistry. They don't play hard really. Um, now a lot of their their starters were like they were having bad games. Like uh, Haley, she she played bad. Um, what's the other Flo Flo? What's her name? Flo J. Uh, she played bad. Uh, Angel played okay. Like, she got her stats. But um, you could tell, like, they kind of just operate in their – like, it's not really a team. They kind of operate within their own, like, agendas, I guess, um, is a a good way to put it. Um, like, Angel, like, I'm going to get my stats. Haley, like, I'm going to get mine. There's no, like, real flow. To, to what they do. Um, and then their freshman guard, she had a bad game too. She had mad turnovers, um, turned the ball over in key moments of the game. And Auburn just willed themselves, you know, to victory. Uh, 
pretty much outplayed them, outworked them, outhustled them. Um, and I think that's going to be LSU's problem. They don't have, like, a gear or a motor. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they've been having a lot of off-court issues, and it, it seems like it's flowing into the game uh, or flowing onto the court. Um, you could just tell they're just not, like, a good team. There's no real team, like, chemistry. And I know there's a lot of new faces, um, you know, from the from the team uh, last year. But – and maybe that's the issue, too. Or not necessarily the issue, but what they have to work through is that it's a new team. So um, – a lot of the the key key people that uh, contributed to the championship team are are gone outside of uh, Flan J and uh, Angel. And, and that's a- I say, that. say it one more time, Lee. Oh, I was just saying I was surprised to hear her say that. Well, that's why you know it's great that we pose these type of questions up here on the network because that was a concern that I had too. Um, and it's not, don't get it twisted. It's not like they, you know, are on an early season slump where they've lost like three, four straight games like NBA teams do. That's not what they're going through. They're still number 10 in the nation. But it's just they don't look quite the same as last year. And I was wondering why, but that would make sense. I mean, y'all know, you know, Malik, you talked about this last episode on the, on the uh, podcast where you mentioned how in the NFL, it's super hard for a team to go back to the Super Bowl uh, year in and year out, like it's 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 not like college football where you you could potentially have the same contenders year in and year out. Like regardless if you have the same team or not, it's very hard in the NFL. And now, boom, you switch over to women's college hoops. It's even more difficult to repeat when you add new pieces in, right? So it's uh you know you definitely got to build that camaraderie, that chemistry. You got to develop good habits, and uh you know with so much. Stuff that has gone has gone on, excuse me, off the court. You know, with Angel being suspended at the beginning of the season, it's they haven't had ample time to build that chemistry quite yet. Um, so you know, not making excuses for him, but definitely wanted to see if uh, you know Drizzy and all of us up here thought they would still be contenders. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out in the in the tournament. Of course, you know that's why we play the game. You never know who's going to win. But I'm telling y'all, South Carolina looks so good right now. Like it, it's not going to matter. Like here in a couple months, like real talk. So, um, yeah, I, I I feel Drizzy 100% on what she said. I I'm in full support and completely agree. Real talk. So, yeah, man. 100%. Y'all see that dunk yesterday from the girl from South Carolina? Uh, uh-uh, mm-hmm. nah. Shorty. I did. Got us, got us still at the top of the key and yammed it. Came down, yammed it on a fast break. Like, she was in the NBA or, or whatever the case may be. With ease, too. Not no, like, Brittany Griner, rim grades. This was a in-transition dribble. Yeah, I'm off the steal. So, That's crazy. just speaking of, you know, the way that women's basketball has evolved, those are the, you know, type things where you're like, like that, you know, deserves so much recognition. Um, and like you said, South Carolina is steamrolling folks. But, you know, this week they meet up, actually, um, towards the end of the week. LSU and South Carolina play, I believe. Uh, let me check. Pretty sure they play this week. So we'll we'll get a, a preview or a glimpse of – the uh, what I would 
I would think would be the final four, a final a potential final four matchup. They don't play. Matchup. Yeah, they don't play this week, gang. But they play next Thursday. Okay. Okay. I knew it was coming up soon. Yeah, they play next Thursday on the twenty fifth at eight o'clock okay. on ESPN. So yeah, that's we we definitely we finna see. So yeah, yeah. But like you said, South Carolina been steamrolling folks, so it looked like it, it don't matter who in front of them. You feel um, me? Yeah. So they just, they just beat the brakes off of a Kentucky team, but that was pretty decent. So, um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Of course, not to cut you off, Dre. You know, um, I know it's a day later, but Happy MLK Day. Um, you know, shout out to uh, the late big brother, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, always, you know, is a special holiday for me. Just all that he did for our culture, um, the sacrifices he made for us to, you know, be where we are today, to have some of the freedom and uh, do some of the things that we are able to do. Uh, so, you know, definitely took the day yesterday to soak that in and appreciate him and some of the quotes that he had because he had so many quotes. And it was so much sports on yesterday. I was really locked in on the NFL. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Uh, this weekend was crazy regarding the wild card. But, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, though, man. Yeah, happy uh, MLK Day, MLK Week. Um, but moving on, uh, we're going to get into the NFL. Uh, the wild card, like as you just mentioned, the wild card weekend just wrapped up. Um, what were uh, some of your biggest takeaways or biggest surprises um, or letdowns of the weekend? Man, I, I um, yeah, I was about to say I don't, I don't want to speak speak too soon. I know my brother got some uh, grievances he wants to address. No, I ain't got too many grievances, man. I mean. You know, the biggest shock of the weekend was the Cowboys. You know, they got spanked by the Packers. Um, that could probably be the biggest letdown, too, just because I didn't expect it to go that way, even though I knew the Packers could, you know, make it a game. A lot of people were just thinking that the Cowboys were going to steamroll them. Um, there's just a few factors in there that, you know, were going to come into play as far as, like, Aaron Jones being, you know, a cowboy killer, just like Aaron Rodgers was technically, you know, he's, he's had a hundred yards in every game he's played, you know, versus the, the Cowboys. Cause he wanted to play for the Cowboys. He's from Texas. You know, he went to UTEP. So he takes it personal whenever he plays the Cowboys for some reason. And Jordan Love, man, he, you know, um, he had the, the, um, Jordan Love's, like, second half of the season has just been great, man, to be honest with you. Uh, he's statistically been, if you don't want to say the best, you could probably say second best behind Dak up until that point, you know, uh, towards that later half of the season as far as statistics. You know, Jordan Love has the most multiple touchdown games without interceptions as well, you know, throughout the league this whole entire year. You know, that goes for any quarterback. Um so he's just playing real good. So that's probably the biggest surprise and let down, man. Um, my Rams lost, you know, so that hurts. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the season because y'all knew what my expectations was going in this year. And, you know, we really could have won that game in Detroit. We just couldn't punch it in in the red zone a few times we got down there and it came back to bite us in the end, you know, where they got to run out the clock. You know, we didn't get the ball back. They got the ball back with like a little under five minutes. We ain't see it again. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, 
you know, biggest surprising letdown was definitely the Cowboys. You know, everything else was pretty much on par. You know, I wanted my Rams to win, you know, but that's the fan talking to me. I knew Detroit was going to be, you know, a formidable opponent. And with Laporta actually playing, you know, they making it seem like he wasn't playing, like he was more injured than what he was. You know, that really helped him out. I don't know why they do that stuff, you know what I'm saying, because he looked perfectly fine out there. Um, he actually had a score, you know. The difference of the game was Jared Goff went, you know, three for three to start off the game as far as scoring drives. They all had they had three straight scoring drives, you know. They only scored three points in the second half. Um, so that was really the biggest the biggest difference of that game. Just they came out hot, you know what I'm saying, completing their drives, and we were just solid for field goals. So, I mean – but like I said, I ain't I ain't really too disappointed. And, you know, I told everybody Joe Flacco was going to throw picks to lose the game for the Browns. Like, I literally been telling people this. You know, I got a deeper dive on that, you know, just about – I watch the game so much differently than people, you know what I'm saying? That's why I don't even like talking football with a lot of people because, you know, I, I just know I know my stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, just from playing in high-pressure situations – you know what I'm saying, to just studying the game so much, you know, off the field, even when I'm not playing, you know. So I I, I, I can see that coming down the pipeline. You know, it's it's a lot of undertones behind Joe Flacco, you know, throwing, you know, for however many yards and people just ignoring picks, you know, like it's turnovers are a thing in the game, you know what I'm saying. And, and you know, fun fact, Joe Flacco was on pace. If Joe Flacco would have started this whole year, no matter – the, the numbers he was on pace for, bro, he was on pace to throw almost 30 interceptions this year. And nobody would take that from their starting QB, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think a lot of people just got personal agendas out there as far as towards Watson or, you know, uh, some of the, you know, the top-tier QBs such as Lamar about to win another MVP and they don't got stats that they deem respectable. Like anybody cares about, like, you know, what some random fan's opinion is, you know, so like – it, it'd be so stupid, man, but I'm everything worked out like how I thought it would, man. I thought the Packers would compete. You know, they smacked the Cowboys. I knew Joe Flacco was going to throw the Browns out of it. And, you know, I was just hoping my Rams could win because more so than anything, you know, my brother and K, they 49ers fans, and my brother can tell you this, and that's probably just me looking ahead. The only team I wanted to play in the playoffs was the Niners, to be honest with you. You know, um, I just, you know, liked our matchup versus them. Um, not saying we would have beat them at all, you know what I'm saying? It just would have been – it would have felt so good to, you know, knock them off because I feel like we we had the best chance to do so um, out of the field in the NFC uh, personally, um, especially after the Cowboys took their L. Um, so, yeah, man, um, nothing was – biggest surprise and disappointment was the Cowboys. Everything else was kind of on par um, besides my Rams taking the L and Stafford's return, but – we got stuff to build off of. We'll be all right going forward, so I ain't tripping. Let me be very clear. Uh, Y'all would have had the best chance to knock us off uh, as far as teams that was left in the field. Uh, I, I'll give you I'll give you that, bro. That was a game. Had y'all beat uh, the Lions this weekend, I knew through and through. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. I had a feeling y'all was going to make it to the NFC Championship. Um, so it's like, you know, 
It was just going to be an interesting game, bro. I ain't going to lie to you, bro, because y'all look good. Like you said, y'all more physical this year. We always have battles as we know each other very well. The coaches know each other uh, very well. So that that game was going to be interesting. So, you know, let me let me be clear and keep it a buck up here. You know, I got to be stand up. You know, I'm glad the Rams are out because that would have been a tough game for my Niners. Not saying that we wouldn't have pulled it out. But, you know, because I have all the confidence in the world, and I definitely think we would have pulled it out. But that that was going to be a tough game right there. Um, and that's no disrespect to the teams that are left in the tournament. I'm, I'm just saying uh, outside of the Cowboys, I genuinely thought the Rams was going to give us uh, a, the toughest game, um, you know, and really tougher than the Cowboys, honestly, just because how familiar we are with each other in reference to the Rams and the Niners. So, uh, But to answer the question though, that Dre posed to us, I think the biggest letdown of the weekend, so you are right, you know, the Cowboys losing to the Packers was definitely the biggest surprise. But, Lake, the biggest letdown to me was the Eagles losing to the Buccaneers yesterday in the manner in which they did. Losing 32-9, to I understand A.J. Brown wasn't playing, but just how they played on defense, man, the lack of paying attention to detail, you know, they weren't tackling, um, you know, they weren't stopping the run. Um, you know, they was moving the ball very easily in the passing game. You know, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but it was, it was just, uh, that wasn't a good, they didn't, they didn't put good tape out there last night, uh, on either side of the ball. I don't know why I leaked. They, I don't, just the, the play calling on offense is just weird to me. I, I, I always thought, you know, I know I had DeAndre Swift on fantasy this year, but I always thought it was weird, you know, with his lack of volume. I don't understand why they weren't running the ball. Uh, with him that much yesterday uh, I feel like it, it would have took some of the pressure off Jalen um, but but hey you know we're here I definitely don't think Nick Sirianni should lose his job I mean you got to think in his three years he's been there he's went to the playoffs then to the Super Bowl the next year and then the next year he went back to the playoffs so that's not a recipe or nor a you know track record for someone losing their job I would say they definitely you know need a new offensive mind in the building you know so maybe hiring a new OC would help you know, uh, help delegate, excuse me, delegate those play calling duties. But yeah, that was the biggest letdown to me was just a Philly losing to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the manner in which they did, man. I thought they'd have a little more fight than that. Played, I thought they'd play a little better than that. Again, I know AJ was out, but no excuse, man. But Lake, you called it. You said that game could go 50-50. I just didn't expect the Buccaneers to dominate in the manner in which they did. So, you know, looking forward, you know, and I know we about to touch on it here shortly. Uh, pause, but I think uh, the Lions and Buccaneers game is more interesting than what people think. I know the Lions beat the Buccaneers in the regular season, but the, the Buccaneers are playing some good football right now. and uh, It's going to be interesting to see that matchup, so we shall see. No, yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting one, man. That's why I was telling my brother. You know, he just thinks the Lions is going to wash them. I'm like, man, that's that's a toss-up game, man. Um, and he's a little higher on Detroit Lions defense than I am. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I think I'm taking the Buccaneers. I'm taking Baker. I had a feeling you was going to say that, man. But, uh, you know, you, have, you did mention the Cowboys. So, you know, I'd like to pose this question to you then. Do you think the Cowboys should move on from Mike McCarthy? Uh, I mean, in reality, and I'm going to be real with you. No. In reality, no. 
McCarthy's a good coach. You know, he's been to the Super Bowl, 12 wins last three years. You know, um, no. Uh, but based off of the team makeup and, you know, just how they do things over there, you know what I'm saying, in Dallas, yes, they do need a new coach. They need somebody to bring a little bit more discipline, you know what I'm saying, and um, toughness factor uh, to that team. You know, they can't stop the run for nothing, man. It's been like that for a few years now, you know, even with all the talent that they have. Um, I think, you know, bringing in somebody that, you know, will, you know, be a little more attention to detail, you know, about that stuff, you know, keeping them disciplined, you know, um, having some type of uh, toughness identity as far as running and stopping the run, you know, um, because they can't run or stop the run, which is crazy uh, to win 12 games, you know. Um, So, yeah, I I think they do need to get – McCarthy's not a bad coach, but I think, you know, just based up on team makeup and just how they do things in Dallas, you know, with Jerry all in the media and everything, um, and, you know, the players, I feel like that seeps into the players, you know what I'm saying, entitlement and, and just how they go about things when they day-to-day too out there, you know, because they just came out and got punched in the mouth and didn't know what to do about it, you know. Uh, and um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm real sketchy on, you know, McCarthy system as well you know you can put up numbers um but I always uh I always was critical of of Aaron Rodgers you know he's one of the better quarterbacks that we've we've ever seen you know um but you know since that Super Bowl run you know and and you know when they were making other deep runs in FC championship games and stuff man uh it turned into a force feed of Devontae Adams. Like, that was their only type of passing game, you know what I'm saying? And I seen a lot of that down the stretch with the Cowboys, you know, and I told Coney, the homie Coney, you know, we talk a lot of ball. I was telling him, like, you know, I keep it real with him, you know. I'm like, bro, like, you know, y'all y'all figured it out. I'm like, but come playoff time, you know, uh, that was an issue for Aaron Rodgers, you know. Aaron Rodgers – was more so – I thought he was more so worried about his TDI&T ratio. Um, that's what it seemed like because he wouldn't even throw the ball to anybody but Devontae in the playoffs, you know, the latter years in, in uh, Green Bay. Um, so I, I knew that would be – I knew them not having uh, somebody step up out, outside of CD. You know, they had to move CD around and start force-feeding him to really, you know, get the offense moving. And like I said, that's good regular season, but – you know, playoffs is a different beast, bro, for real, for real. Um, and uh, I just knew it could, could cause problems. So, like I said, yeah, McCarthy's not a bad coach. You know, anybody would be happy to have him. But just the way they do things there in Dallas, it ain't no structure, you know, because the owner all in the videos, you know, he want to be the coach. He want to get all the credit, you know. So, he putting pressure on them before the playoffs, basically saying, like, Brooke can get fired, you know, um, if he lose this game, like that ain't going to have some effect on the team, you know, coaching staff all the way down to the players. Uh, yeah, so um, I think they do need somebody. They need somebody a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more, you know, uh, stern. And and I don't know if anybody could keep Jerry out of the, out of the media, but they need to find some way to offset that if that's going to be the, you know, 
that's going to be the issue because the Cowboys, you know, they got a lot of stuff going on outside of football always. And I think that, you know, that seeps into the product sometimes. Bro. So to answer your question, it's a no and a yes. They really do need to, you know, as far as just where they going. But as far as no, because not many coaches going to win you 12 games a season, bro. Like that's just – that's the reality of the situation. You know, so – and and I'm with you, brother. Um, you know, I think he's done a great job uh, giving the cards he was dealt. Y'all got to think that Cowboys job, yeah, you know, it may seem appealing, you know, given the, the brand, the name recognition, you know, all that good stuff. However, on the other end of that, though, it's very tough to work for somebody like Jerry Jones. You know what I'm saying? That's answering questions constantly in the media. You know what I mean? He has a lot of influence you know, uh, on roster moves, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's tough. Like the coach isn't fully in control of the program, um, like from a GM, head coach-like relationship perspective as you would be with a normal job. You know what I mean? This Cowboys job kind of comes with something. You kind of know that you, you got somebody that's going to micromanage you a little bit. You know what I mean? So Mike McCarthy, given what was just stated, is perfect for this job because, yes, he's a good coach, Super Bowl winning coach, but he's not somebody that, you know, is really going to have conflict with Jerry Jones based off how he moves. Now, if y'all do want to move on, you know what I'm saying, I think a great pickup would be Bill Belichick. But like I said, do y'all think him and Jerry Jones could coexist? Y'all think he going to let him run the show? I don't think I don't think that at all. Uh, so I, I don't think, you know, somebody like that would, would get that job. You know, do I think Mike Vrabel uh, would be a great hire for the Cowboys? I do. But do I think that him and Jerry Jones could coexist? No, I do not. We just saw what Coach Vrabel went through in uh, Tennessee where the GM traded away one of his best and key players. Like, so no, y'all got to be on the same page. So, you know, if they are going to move on, Jerry Jones has to, you know, of course, do some looking in the mirror and, you know, y'all know the older you get, the harder it is to get out of your way. So I don't uh I don't see him, you know, uh making way to uh, you know, really change how he is for the coach to really be comfortable being there and really, you know, have a big influence on the locker room where you know, you know, nobody's gonna undermine you. You know what I'm saying? He's already undermined Mike McCarthy, man. That's a tough job to have, Malik and Dre. So, you know, I, I I don't think they should move on, but I don't think they can move on anyway. Like, you're not going to get a worthy candidate because nobody's going to want to put up with Jerry Jones, and that's just being honest. So. Wise words. Um, Bleak, question for you, or for both of you guys, but concerning your Rams, is Puka Nicola, uh the new number one receiver? Real quick, I know they arrival. It's uh, it's Nakua, Puka Nakua. Nakua. Yeah, Puka Nakua. Yes. Puka Nakua. Yeah, man, Puka the new number one. Puka's a dog. Uh, I can't even lie to you. Um, just like an updated version of Cooper Cup for real. For real. I don't know if he'll get the triple crown like my boy Cooper. Cooper still got the best wide receiver season ever, ever. Look it up, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. Puka's the new number one, man. And it's okay, you know. Cup was our, you know, him and Robert Woods had a good stretch together, you know what I'm saying? So I can call him the two, one or two option, you know what I'm saying? But McVay was getting both of them the ball from when he came in. But Cooper Cup been our number one for about five, 
five years now, you know, um, he set out to do what he, you know, set out to do. Um, you know, just injuries is, you know, just, you know, kept him sidelined the last couple of years. Um, just can't really stay healthy. Um, but not saying anything about like Cooper Cup falling off or anything like that. I just think Naku is the better number one option. We can do a lot of different things with him right now. Um, he's physical. Uh, so he's going across the middle, making all the catches. You know, he can literally run any play for us that we need. Um, and, you, you know, proof's in the pudding, you know, best rookie wide receiver wide receiver season ever. You know what I'm saying? That's regular season. And he had the most in the playoff game by a rookie as well, you know. So, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, man. Um, Cooper Cup got paid, you know. Um, but I, I was telling somebody this, you know, just to get off of the tangent, man. Cooper Cup going to have to – He's going to have to either take a pay cut or we might get rid of Cooper Cup, man. We might trade him while he got some value still in him. You know, I think that would be the smartest idea to do so. Um, I would like to have him in in the, the fold with Coop, I mean, with uh, Puka, because I know how much, you know, dangerous that makes our offense for sure, because Cooper can still be productive. Um, but yeah, man, just where we at right now, we got money to spend in free agency. You know what I'm saying? We got our draft picks, you know, um, we found some young pieces to build off of. So um, that's why I say that, you know, they'll probably ask him to take a pay cut just to be able to, you know, help the roster out even more because, you know, this is unfamiliar territory. We ain't, we ain't had high draft picks, you know what I'm saying? We, ain't, you know, spent a bunch of money in free agency in, in a while, you know. So, um, um, yeah, Puka's the new number one, man. I, I think that's that's plain as day. And, that ain't no knock on Cup, you know. He didn't even play the whole year. He was he was hurt a lot of the the year, especially um, early. Um, but yeah, Puka's the new number one man for sure. He he nice. He he like a dog dog. Yeah, hey, young boy, definitely sweet. You know what I'm saying? He tough. Um, you know, he's Samoan descent. Even though he's from Utah, uh, I was wondering why he went to BYU, man. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, I do got to give you a little pushback, though, on, on the comment you made about Cooper Cup being He went to Washington first. Got you. Okay, okay. He was a Chris Peterson recruit. He transferred from Washington. Okay. Um, what's the name, though? I got to give you a little pushback. You said Cooper Cup was y'all's uh, number one receiver for the past five years. We can't forget about Bobby Trees. I had a, a couple debates before, you know, Cooper Cup really transcended. Malik, you, you, you got to highlight, though. Bobby Trees was Robert Woods, y'all was wasn't he y'all's number one receiver before Cooper Cup really took off? It was really the injuries because Robert Woods didn't play in that Super Bowl that y'all went to. You know what I'm saying? I feel like y'all would have won had he played. Robert Woods was nice with y'all, man. Dad gone. Well, I said that there was like a one-two punch when Cooper Cup got there with Robert Woods at first, but Cooper Cup eventually took over for sure. Got you. But I mean, I wouldn't. Robert Woods. It just depends. I mean. I, like I said, that's what I said at the beginning of the statement. McVay was just good at getting both of them the ball. So, you know, um, it was hard to tell who was the number one because, you know, either one could go off any given game, you know. Um, we definitely got Robert Woods last few good years for sure. Um, but, nah, yeah, I mean, you ain't wrong in that. I mean, he could have been the one or the two. Like I said, like literally it was just game on game dependent. You know what I'm saying? They was both consistent and – 
That's why I want Cooper Cup to stick around because I know I know the importance of having two good receivers in this, you know, in the system, what it can do for you, you know. Um, but, yeah, you're not wrong. Robert Woods was the number one or number two when Cooper Cup got there for sure. He tied Cooper Cup to ropes for sure. Not for sure. So uh, that brings us to our CSN pick six segment. Damn, that joint give me every week. CSN's pick six segment. (laughs) K, give me three. Lee, give me three. What y'all got for me? Man, I got you. So uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit this week Uh, for the first time. I'm going to give y'all some basketball locks, man. Um, to go along with my NFL locks, I'm going to leave the rest of the games to my brother. But, of course, you know, uh, my Niners, we kicking it off, you know, as far as our playoff run this upcoming Saturday evening at 8.15 p.m. on Fox. We will host the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm I'm taking my Niners in that game, minus eight and a half, man. Uh, I'm not fooled by what they just did to the Cowboys at all. So that's where I'm at with that. As far as tomorrow night's games, because this episode will release – Tomorrow on Wednesday, uh, January 17th. So for those games uh, that will take place on that day, I think the locks for uh, for the NBA will be the Timberwolves visiting the Pistons. I got Minnesota minus 11 and a half against the Pistons. Um, and we, we know they, were, they was on a historic losing streak in reference to the Pistons. So and the Timberwolves are number one in the West right now. So uh, they looking real good. So I love their chances. Um, and, you know, putting that to fruition in regards to the uh, what's the name in regards to the spread, and then um another game that I got for y'all that I think will be a lock. I got the Pelicans uh playing the Hornets um uh, tomorrow at home, uh, minus twelve and a half. I like that. Uh, I like the Pelicans beating the Hornets. Um. You know, like Dre said last week, it's it's tough for Charlotte sports. It's gonna be continue. It's gonna continue to be tough for the Hornets. So that's who I got though. Those are my three picks: on so Pelicans minus twelve and a half, uh, Timberwolves over the Pistons minus eleven and a half, and my Niners. We're gonna beat the Packers this upcoming weekend, man. Uh, I got us at minus eight and a half. But what you got for us though, Leak City? I got that you don't learn from nothing, bro. I'll be giving you gems and you just don't you just continue to go with, you know, the team biasness. Listen, Packers plus eight and a half is good money. Um if the Packers can sell out on the run and, you know, slow y'all's run game up a little bit, it's really gonna get scary in there. I don't think you understand that I told you Jordan Love. Um is the only kid. It's the the top QB when it comes to throwing multiple touchdown games and not having any interceptions. It's Jordan Love, not Brock Purdy. It's not Dak Prescott. It's not anybody. It's not anybody you would think of. It's Jordan Love. That's how good he's been playing down the stretch. So I'm just here. I'm just just baffled to hear you. You know, think y'all just gonna wash them so easily like that. That's just scary. Y'all with what they did to the Cowboys. Honestly, that that really should because they defense been playing good too. Um, so yeah, Packers plus eight and a half, good money. Um, Ravens minus seven and a half. 
is good money. I think, you know, they'll they'll end the Texans run. I think CJ Stroud will put up a fight for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But um I think Baltimore minus seven and a half versus the Texans is good money. Um and then uh take Tampa Bay plus seven or plus six and a half, wherever you get in the line at. Um I think that'll be a good game versus Detroit. Even even if they do lose, you know, I think that will come down to the wire as well. And just just for, you know, um, just for extra pick purposes and extra content, uh, there's only one more game left for the NFL. So I, I would take the um, – I'd take the – I'd take the Chiefs plus three in it. It's going to get shaky, you know, because it's in Buffalo. Um so who knows what the weather is going to look like again, you know, man, um, or or if they'll have to delay the game again. Hopefully they don't. I haven't checked the weather, but um, the Chiefs' defense is really, really good, and Josh Allen is still, you know, he's still a turnover waiting to happen no matter how good he's playing, you know. So um, I think that will be a great game as well, but I just for extra pick purposes, I, I put the Chiefs on there. So – Pick seven today, Drew. I want to leave them out. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I apologize, y'all. You know, with all due respect, I keep saying this up here. I have no respect. My energy is crazy right now. If y'all knew how I felt on the inside, y'all y'all wouldn't want me to talk. Drew and Malik wouldn't want me to talk. Like, I, I really feel I'm going to just be modest. That's how the Cowboys fans felt. I'm with I've you. seen so many people picking the Cowboys to watch the Packers, bro, and it just don't go like that, man. No, I agree. The Packers got good talent on defense. I'm telling you, they sell out and stop the run. It's going to get shaky out there. If they can sell out on McCaffrey, bro, it's going to get shaky because they got a top-flight corner. Jair can guard one of those guys that y'all got out there. Nah, for sure. Yeah, Jair official. Uh, He a fool. He a fool. Man. Yeah, he funny as hell, bro. Yeah, I fuck with him. He official though, uh, man. But um, you know, Malik, they've they've allowed four two hundred rushing uh rush. Excuse me, they've allowed four two hundred rush two hundred yard rushers this year. So uh, you know, we got the best running back. When did those come though? It ain't coming this last part of the season. You right. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. <laughs> they playing good football, bro. It ain't just gonna be easy, you know. But, I mean, I feel you being confident. I would, too. You know, that's a good matchup for y'all. You know, McVay's familiar with the system. You know, I mean, not McVay, but Shanahan's familiar with the uh, LaFleur system. You know what I'm saying? Uh, y'all had success against them in the playoffs, you know. But that was the Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that was the Aaron Rodgers Packers, bro. And I just told you I had a discrepancy with how he was playing in the playoffs anyway. Like, if you don't trust none of your teammates – outside of Devon Devontae Adams, you know, to to catch a pass, of course you're gonna be playing one handed. Of course it's gonna be easy to stop you. You know what I'm saying? But Jordan Love is distributing that thing, bro. They got three young receivers that's actually four young receivers that all like are fairly decent. You know what I'm saying? Dobbs, um, Wicks, Reed and uh Christian Watson, they all they all good in their own right, can all, you know, make plays in their own right. So and they got the, you know, the rookie tight end Musgrave too. You know, they got some good pieces, man. I'm just, I'm just saying, just don't, don't, don't be shocked, you know, if if that shit go down to the wire or come down to the last kick or something, man. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. 
it's a game plan there. They just got to stick to it. Respect. Respect. Word, word, word. Um, moving on. Uh, just talking about the pro, uh, uh, pro all pro list. Excuse me. Uh, did you guys have any problems with the with with that list? Uh, any oh, snub? Man, I got so much of a problem with the all pro list. Um, more so defensively speaking than offensively. And I'm just speaking on first, you know, first team. You know, second team. I ain't really, you know, tripping off of, you know, because there's a lot of people deserving, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't really mad at who they that they did give, you know, some recognition to on, on both teams, uh, as far as both second teams, that is. Um, but first team defense was egregious, man. I'm going to just go ahead and put that out there. Um, and uh, just, just speaking on uh, the corner situation, man, um, Deron Bland, I have no problems with him getting it. You know, breaking a pick six record, you know, that's hard to do, you know. Um, so I ain't got no quarrels with Deron Bland being first team all pro this specific season because he had a great year, you know. Um, but Sauce Gardner, man, Sauce Gardner being the 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 number one corner on the on the all pro list, bro, ain't ain't nothing but New York media bias, bro. It ain't nothing but NFL like marketing bias, bro. That's all that shit is, man. And I, I'm, I'm sorry for cussing, man, but that's just the realness of it. Like, it's so many corners that had better seasons. Like, if you want to go advanced analytics, Jalen Johnson from the Bears had a way better season than Sauce Gardner. You know what I'm saying? As far as passer rating, you know, touchdowns allowed, things of that nature that they are taking to account of Sauce doing because he's not getting his hands on the ball. You know what I'm saying? He's not, he's not catching interceptions he's not turning the ball over for his team you know so they use all advanced analytics to 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 prop this guy up you know what i'm saying i'm not saying he ain't have a good rookie year but don't don't sit here and lie to our faces and act like he'd been the 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 second best corner in the league this year when the jets were a dumpster fire no matter how good the statistics of their defense says that they are you know what i'm saying like uh the patriots got a good defense as well and they're a dumpster fire you know what i'm saying like all that stuff is – it can be a smoke screen, man. But, you know, um, Jalen Johnson could have been on that first team above Sauce Gardner. Uh, Derek Stingley, um, also another guy that has, you know, um, better numbers. And guys that are that are actually, you know, traveling. You know what I'm saying? Like Stingley, he traveled with Amari Cooper in the playoff game the other day. You know, I know a lot of people weren't talking about it, you know, because the Texans run a lot of cover three. You know, um, that's just the scheme that they run. But, you know, he's he's following the number one receiver. Amari Cooper lit them up for 200, 200 plus yards a couple weeks prior. You know, so this this go around it, we're going to stick our best guy on him. And you see what the results was. You know what I'm saying? Sauce Gardner doesn't follow anybody, you know. Um, and I, I just don't like the advanced, you know, statistics that they use to try to prop dude up. It was it was other corners deserving, you know. Um, it was other corners making plays. Trent McDuffie from uh, Kansas City. Um, I know he 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 made it as the slot receiver. Um, um, I mean, not slot receiver, but the slot corner. But it was just, it was just, man, that that's that New York bias. So my only discrepancy right there, for real, for real, is is um, Stoss Gardner being on there. You know, um, I would have liked to see Max Crosby on there as well. Uh, but I, I understand, you know, you having to put T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett there, you know, 
as well, even though I, I, I think the world of Crosby. Um, but the, the biggest discrepancy, the biggest flaw of the list was Sauce Gardner being one of traveling with the, the top guys week in and week out, like certain, you know what I'm saying? Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me, like why they keep going with advanced analytics to prop this guy up and tell us how good he is, you know, um, and he can't do that himself on the field, you know what I'm saying? Like corners, like Asante Samuel said, man, him and Asante Samuel, uh, big Asante be going at it on Twitter because Asante Samuel say the same thing. He'd be like, man, that's that New York bias, like, how are you going to give a dude first team all pro and he ain't got one pick on the year, not one. He ain't got one pick on the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you just basically telling us these numbers that we can't see with our eyes, you know what I'm saying? That you calculate behind a computer is the reason why he should, you know, be, you know, held in higher regards than some other guys that actually, you know, have to line up against that, that dude week in and week out, you know what I'm saying, or actually making plays or actually in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Even if people want to use that that team success excuse, you know, the, the Jets ain't make the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to hear Jalen Johnson can't make it or how bad the Bears was, you know what I'm saying, when, when you got the Jets not making it either, man. So that's my biggest discrepancy, man. I know that was long-winded, but I hate that shit. And I think Sauce Gardner is a good corner, you know what I'm saying? But this narrative that they pushing is outrageous, bro. Real talk, man. It's outrageous. And that is why I love that, you know, my brother's on the show. It's stuff right there. He broke that down perfectly and he kept it trill. Cause that's that was my you so you you just took my discrepancy. You understand? Because I'm like, for all the reasons that you just pointed out, I'm like, how is it possible that he made first team all pro again this year? Last year, I understand. This year though, no. Like yeah, so that's just complete uh, an utterly, you know, New York bias. So, of course, uh, outside of that, though. Not to cut you off either, bro. Charvarius Ward had an all-pro season this year, bro. I'm not trying to hear that, bro. Like well, he, was, he was second-team all-pro, but. I know, but he should have been first-team, bro. Yeah, no, nah, I'm with you. Uh, he's out there following. the. He's out there guarding the best guys week in and week out. You feel me, bro? Like. I've seen Trey. He was top. He was top. He was led the league in picks at one point until Durant. I mean, until Bland took the fuck off. You know what I'm saying? He was right there behind Bland. You know, but bro, like it's so many corners. You know that played great ball this year, bro. Because like you know, a lot of people don't want to say it, bro. But cornerbacks as a whole, you know, statistically was down this year, bro. And we have a lot of discussions off air, bro. That's got something to do with defenses as well. You know what I'm saying? Defenses getting better in their schemes, you know what I'm saying, as well. You know, I know everybody thinks the offense is just supposed to, you know, just dominate the defense, but that's not how the game is played, bro. Tom Brady will tell you that. Like, a lot of people mad because Tom Brady talking about how the game look, but he giving you the real about it. He like, you know, it's so much advantage for us these days. Like, when I was coming up, I had to – you couldn't throw to certain places. You really couldn't throw to certain places because – you might lose your guy for the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had to account for what the defense was going to do more so than anything these days, bro. So, I just want to – I'm sorry to cut you off, bro, but I had to shout out to our various, bro, because he had a great, great year this year. Real talk, man. You know I ain't high on y'all's other corners, bro, but you know I don't say nothing about Charvarius, bro. Like, he he's solid all the way through 100%.
Yeah, nah, when I seen you tweet about Mooney, because that's what they call him. Uh, when someone I, when I seen y'all tweet about cuz, I'm like, yeah, he that's how you know, because he caught bro's attention, you know what I'm saying? Um, but outside of um that DB spot on the first team, I I really don't have any discrepancies. I wish y'all would put four receivers though on the first team offense, like y'all do on the second team offense. I don't get why y'all do that right there. That's that's weird to me, but I definitely wanted to shout out Brandon Ayuk. He had a great season, man. Uh, I told Markel when you first got in the league, man, like you're just a pure receiver. I could see it, man. The the eye test, it was very visible to me in your rookie year. And it's it's just amazing to see how you, you know, progressed over the years. You're now, you know, coming off back to back one thousand yard seasons, leading us in receiving yards in two years. You're due for a big payday this upcoming off season. So I'm I'm proud of bro, man. I'm I'm glad he made second team all pro. That's major league. Really. That's very major. Also, I got one more discrepancy, bro. They got to take the fullback off of the all-pro list. Don't do bro. that, bro. <laughs> they got to, bro. Like, it's not even 32 fullbacks in the league, bro. How do you come up with first-team all-pro fullback, bro? They just giving you check stuff to, you know, take back to the, the contract table, bro. <laughs> I don't know, bro. If it ain't 32 fullbacks, bro, there's no way you can <laughs> – have fullback as a position, bro. Most people don't even use fullbacks, bro. Like there's no, that's a that's a fact, but fullbacks, bro. Like <laughs> I don't like I don't like fullback being a part of the, the all pro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't like that, bro. Make a utility or something, bro. I don't, I don't like full I don't like fullback, bro. It's not it's probably not 10 fullbacks in the league, bro. Real talk, bro. It might not be 10 of them. Well, I'm with you 100%. You know that that fullback position is real scarce in the league right now. However, they did do away with it for a couple of years, though. They, ha he they ain't brought like it back? Yeah, they oh, brought it back. So that's yeah, why they you need to keep see. it going, bro. That <laughs> shit is terrible. I was looking at that. I'm like, who did you check have to go against fucking Ricard or Engle from, yeah. you know, the Dolphins? You know what I'm saying? Them the only two recognize. Other than that, don't nobody care about the fullback, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, now, nah, other than that, I mean, sauce is my biggest discrepancy, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> you silly, bro. Other than yeah. that, man, yeah, I ain't tripping. It was a good list. Well-deserved. Well-deserved, man. I, I would have liked to see Purdy, uh, you know, make the second team all pro, but I can get it, you know what I mean? Dax was coming off, you know, that, that last quarter of the season, he was going crazy, so I understand. You see, he turned up. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, So, yeah, man. Well... I'm not going to lie to you, Malik. I was going to, uh, you know, have us discuss the Lakers, you know, but they're not worthy of that yet. I, I want to see what they do uh, with another week. Uh, you know, hopefully they continue to stack some wins and we could bring them up, but I'm I'm just disgusted, you know, and I'm not going to let them beat, and beat the Thunder last night with their original starting five, get my hopes up too much, you know what I mean, because it's, it's, it's happened a couple times this season and, you know, uh, for for my Laker fans out there, you know we got the same record. We had the same record at uh, forty games, being nineteen and twenty one this year. Uh, that's not the current record, but when we were nineteen and twenty one, that's the same exact record we had at forty games last year. And this this is supposed to be a good roster, and I do like the roster. I do think it's a good roster, but it, they're not playing to their potential, so a move has to be made. So I just wanted to quickly, you know, uh, touch on that pause, and you know we can move on, but. You know, Darvin Ham terrible too though, man. Man, he, he questionable. He's all he do is just yeah, he questionable. Why he be moving the lineups and stuff? Uh, it's it's weird, Leak. It's weird. No it's weird. Then you're not playing certain people. I feel like that should be. It's weird, bro. It's weird. 
it's weird. Um, you know, shout out to you know Terry on Prince, but you know, I, I like why not throw Rui in there sometimes, Darvin? Since you switching like, up, you know, Rui like Rui had a good stretch, you know, down the down the end of last season. Oh my gosh. yeah, he deserved to be in that starting lineup. He like, deserved to be building off of that. You're right, and it's probably fucking with his confidence, not playing. You know what I'm saying? Like basketball is, it's more, bro. Basketball is a mental game as well, bro. Like a what? lot of people don't understand that shit. Like you can get in your head out there and and just be completely off, man. One hundred percent. So yeah, I, I I don't I don't really rock with him, man. But you can't make a coaching change, I guess, mid season like you could in NFL. So. But he's 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 not that good. I don't like. I it. mean, you could, but I'm not advocating for you know black man to lose his job. Has it ever worked out in anybody's favor? Not too crazy. And considering you know what we've been through in Besides, recent, was T. Lou T. Lou he took over from Blatt, didn't he? Didn't they fire David Blatt the Cavs like in the beginning of the season or some shit like that? Yep, he did. Yep, like the only one I can remember. But that's you know that's. That's very rare. You dig? So we just ride ride this season out, man. But um, yeah, man. Outside of that, that's all I had to address. You know, as far as unreadiness, is there anything you you want to state or address, brother? Nah, man. You know, great runs. Ready to keep watching some football. Yeah, man. You know, we uh, if if it was up, you know, to my brother and I, you know, we we would be talking straight football. For now, because it's, you know, a very important, important part, excuse me, of the season, uh, the NFL season specifically. But y'all know Dre is a certified hooper. And Malik and I, we we grew up hooping ourselves. You know, I, I would like to consider Malik a certified hooper as well. So, you know, uh, bro doesn't have any unreadiness. If Drizzy doesn't have anything she want to state or address, you know, I'll close this out. Uh, y'all, please continue. I'm, I'm really loving the traction we picking up, man. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the compliments. All that, man. So please keep supporting us. Please keep sharing, viewing uh, the content, commenting. Please subscribe. And this is your boy, K. I'm with Drizzy, Leak the God, and we out, man. Peace and blessings. Yeah.